morning. <clears throat> it's great to be with you. Um, we'll get into Galatians 6 in a minute here. I actually want to start with, uh, with a family meeting. So if everybody can kind of gather around the table here, uh, there's a few things going on in the church that I want us to uh, be aware of, uh, that I want to fill you in on, uh, so that we're all on the same page going forward. My plan is five to ten minutes. Um, if I go over that, just kind of raise your hand at some point. Uh, and, then, and then we'll pray, and then we'll get into uh, the sermon. <clears throat> uh, to start with, uh, just to, by way of announcing, uh, if you don't know, we are building an elevator here. Uh, we have made this decision and communicated it a thousand times, but maybe you're new. Uh, well, so the elevator committee has been hard at work. Uh, Bob Forscht is our fearless leader. Uh, all good questions uh, should go to him, uh, and he can answer every single one of them. Uh, but uh, just so you know, uh, we're still in the planning phases. We're still working with the architect uh, to finalize certain drawings. Uh, he's working with the, um, the county to make sure uh, all of uh, our drawings are up to code. Uh, and then our hope is, uh, we, we don't have anything official yet, but if you're wondering when we're going to like break ground or something, it's probably not really until the new year, uh, maybe even just a few months after that. Um, however, just simply know we are hard at work. There's a lot of things that are happening behind the scenes, uh, and a big thanks to uh, Bob and his team for that. Um, the next thing uh, we need to talk about is, uh, is something that, uh, well, it's the calendar. So I, there's, there's kind of three stages of life, uh, and I think most of us in this room can fully appreciate this. There's, there's BC, uh, before COVID, and, and then there's, there's COVID, and then there's post-COVID, right? Uh, so before COVID, we as a church would plan just like any organization out there would plan, just like all your other churches would plan. And, and by that, I mean, like, we would, uh, we would think, like, at least a year in advance, and we'd, be, we'd have, like, a big calendar sessions. And, and then COVID, and uh, what we started doing at that point, we called them pop-ups, because you never knew, right? Like, what was going to happen? Like, next month, there might be a, a wave, and then, like, we're in wave number 10, and and you don't know, like, on a given uh, month or even day, frankly, it felt like, uh, what we could or could not plan. So uh, we would not plan too far in advance intentionally uh, because we tried to a few times and then we have to keep coming back and saying, oh, no, we're going to cancel that. And that was always disappointing. So we want to avoid disappointment. Well, that kind of went on for a while. And here we are three years later. And now we're ready to to go back to uh, some kind of normalcy, which simply means uh, we, uh, we have been working very hard uh, at creating a calendar for the coming year. Uh, many of you have been part of that. We've uh, solicited lots of information from the leaders of this church uh, to create a year-long calendar. And at the uh, council meeting we had just yesterday, uh, we looked at it, we approved it, and uh, we have it for you available. So uh, just know that we are uh, now kind of trying to get back into some level of normalcy. If you're trying to find the calendar, there's two primary places you can go to do this. Uh, there is southrun.org, connect, calendar, right? Uh, this is one place, it's always sitting on our website. 
or uh, we're trying to get our church to use, this is the first and maybe only time you'll ever see me with my phone up here, um, our, our church center app. So if you have the app and you were to open it up, and you're welcome to do this with me here if, if, if you want, and you go to the church center, and then there's like three dots at the bottom down here that says more, and you click it, and then boop, there's calendar, right? And you go to calendar, and then you get this nice, tidy, like, list view uh, of what is coming up in the life of the church. These are two great places to find out what's going on, and then, of course, you can always just keep track of what's happening uh, through uh, Laura's emails, through what's, we, we try to communicate with you, if you haven't noticed, uh, in about 10 different ways uh, what's happening in, in the coming weeks, uh, whether it's through the email, whether it's through announcements, whether it's through slides, uh, whether it's through stuff in the narthex, there's a variety of ways we try to do this. Um, so uh, with that in mind, um, just because we've calendared a year out doesn't mean we're necessarily like full up and, and there's no more calendaring to do. My guess is some of you might have events or things you want to do here. And if that's the case, uh, we would love to hear from you. But we need you to communicate uh, with us. Uh, and so the way to do that is you can always come to me, of course, uh, but talk to Laura Menzi. Uh, Laura at southrun.org is a great way uh, to get in contact with her uh, and to uh, ask for, uh, maybe it's you want to use one of the, the rooms in our church. Maybe it's the uh, fellowship hall downstairs. You want to have a birthday party here. We love to accommodate uh, first and foremost, those in our community, our church community. Uh, but you may notice we also have like room for uh, outside groups that come in, and whether that's scouts or Girl Scouts or a BSF group that meets here. We we actually we use our building more than just about any church that I know of, and I think that's awesome because it doesn't sit empty for like a week straight until we wait for Sunday morning to fill it back up again. Uh, it's being used every day of the week, and I think that's wonderful. Um, so you know, too, uh, as part of the, uh, the planning process to all of this, uh, we've tried to give preference uh, to the ministries and the activities of South Run Baptist Church. And so all of our planning has been intentional. We've been doing this uh, for a while now and trying to get all the pieces in place. And if you've ever done anything like this with a, a group as kind of dispersed and, and large as ours, it can be difficult. And then, now that we're in August, we've opened the doors to our outside communities to, uh, to ask for uh, reservations to be able to use our building. So at this point, we'll start uh, saying, oh yes, you can use this time, that time, and the other. Um, we have a goal with all of this this year. And the goal is uh, to be more intentional uh, with our calendar as a whole. Uh, and to uh, integrate uh, our body of believers together, uh, to be intentional about what we're doing and to integrate uh, the body of believers. And what this looks like is, I think, living into our value of family, right? So if you're a family, uh, your personal family is at home, if you've got kids in the house still, uh, you're probably doing a lot of things where, who know, I know in our family, like we sit down, 
when we're doing it well uh, on a Sunday, and we map out the week. And we, we have a, a big calendar, it's like oversized, uh, almost comical, uh, and we write down like, oh, uh, Ezra's got this thing on Monday, and then Lizzie's got this on Tuesday, et cetera, et cetera. And we go through the week, and we try to integrate our lives so that there's some planning and purpose to it. <clears throat> um, well, not dissimilar, uh, we're actually trying to live into our value of family here uh, by finding ways to integrate the groups uh, that are uh, different among us. I personally value, and I know many of you do too, uh, intergenerational um, worship uh, and speak, the ability to speak into one another's lives at, at different uh, ages and stages, right? So one of the things we're doing uh, this year that's a little different than we've done in past years, they're actually pulling together uh, the children's programming and the youth programming under one banner, uh, and we're calling it Student Ministries. Uh, Paige Turner is going to lead up our student ministries. Yay, Paige. <clears throat> In many ways, she's already kind of been doing this. If you don't know, uh, like with the Sunday morning Bible study for the kids, uh, the kids will often watch videos of our youth, right? So our youth get together every so often and they create these awesome videos uh, and then those videos get used uh, with our kids, right? And I think it's an amazing way for our youth to be able to speak into the lives of our kids. Or like this last week uh, at CentraKid, we didn't just send kids, we didn't just send the children's ministry, we sent a bunch of youth with them uh, who were able to be mentors uh, to those kids as they went out. Earlier this summer, we had what's called Praise Camp, uh, and Praise Camp was for kids. Uh, but again, our youth uh, often were uh, either behind the scenes or in front of the scenes uh, running the show. Uh, or maybe in a different way, we, we see some intergenerational things happening at our church. Uh, so we try on occasion to have the just older youth, <laughs> the joy, uh, those folks uh, interacting with our youth or, or our kids. Uh, or maybe it's like the men's uh, ministry uh, just a week or so ago. Uh, we held a, a big event outside where we had the men uh, and the boys competing. And, you know, I mean... The boys did all right. Uh, they did win. Uh, but uh, we had a great time, right? And it's a way, again, trying to pull together the intergenerational nature uh, of this church. All right, I'm 10 minutes in, so I'm going to keep going here. Uh, some strategic changes that are happening so include this integration, intentionality. Um, the last thing, there's two more things. We, I know, this family meeting is running way too long. Uh, ministry map. Uh, so our calendar runs uh, one year in length, if you don't know, and we start in September. Uh, what we ask is one-year commitment. We know that everybody's at a different stage and age in their life, as I just said, and everybody's got a different amount of uh, bandwidth uh, to be able to integrate like what we're doing here with your life. Uh, but we would love for every single person to participate in some fashion. It can be something really small or it can be something really big. Uh, it can take a little bit of your time on a Sunday or it can take a lot of your time because you have a lot of time to give. We're willing uh, to take what you have uh, and what, you're, what you feel, frankly, God is calling you to do at this place. So if it's small, it may be something like we're going to start a greeting team where we're starting to greet people at the door. And you jump in and you say, yeah, I, just, I can do that. Uh, one Sunday a month, I can be a greeter, right? I'd love to do that. 
Or maybe it's something small like uh, being part of the security team. So the same people don't have to be outside uh, during our service and we can rotate those people in and out. Uh, or uh, we have lots of positions. Uh, maybe it's communion. Once every month we have communion and somebody's got to put together that juice cups uh, and the bread. And, and if we can rotate those in and out, uh, it's, it's a way to, to harken back to last week's sermon, bear the burden together, right? So my ask here uh, is that you be in prayer over what God is calling you to do here at Southland Baptist Church, right? We don't want you to do all the things at all. We want to bear the burden together in a way that feels still like this other value we have called sanctuary, right? We want this place to not feel like a burden. We want it to feel like a sanctuary, we want there to be peace in your life. We don't want to add to the chaos of your life. So with that in mind, over the next three weeks, starting next Sunday, we are going to have a, uh, a ministry roadmap or a ministry map that you can sign up on or take a look at what positions are needed. Uh, it's going to sit out in the narthex. It's not going to be the big board that we saw last year. Uh, I was told that was scary. Uh, this year, it's going to just be some papers on a table where you can walk up at your leisure uh, and say, you know, I think I can do that. You'll notice like a lot of the positions will already have some people in them because we've been trying to do, again, some spade work uh, before we uh, roll this out, uh, make some asks and requests to see if we can't uh, start to fill this map up uh, sooner. Last thing. <clears throat> We have been, again, hard at work. If you can't tell, there's a lot happening behind the scenes. And it feels like, well, to use the garden analogy, which is going to come like to the fore today, it feels like a lot has been happening under the surface, right? And it's just been like sort of growing under there. And then you're, I, I've been waiting. I've, I've been so excited about like what's going to happen starting in September and beyond because we've done so much work tilling this garden. We've been like getting the soil ready. We've been planting seeds in it. We, a lot of behind the scenes work. And I'm ready to start seeing some, some, some fruit uh, from uh, the work, right? And I think you're going to start seeing that in September. One of the things you're going to see... Uh, very shortly here, is that we've created, uh, I say we, uh, the council has created a, a strategic plan that has three parts to it. And um, next week I'm finishing Galatians. Uh, <laughs> the, week, the week after that, uh, we've got uh, a personal friend of mine, uh, but he is the second in command at North Star. Mike Bradley is going to come preach. Uh, while I take some time uh, to, to, to rest and, and be away. And then the week after that, uh, we're going to roll out in three parts, uh, uh, three successive weeks, our strategic plan. Uh, simply put, it's three things. Always start with prayer, right? So we are fronting the importance of prayer, uh, both in our individual lives and in our communal life as a church. Um, equipping our congregation, um, and part of this is like really encouraging small groups. Uh, and then uh, a third part is, um, is, is perhaps the, the, the biggest emphasis that uh, we, we want to start moving toward, which is engaging our neighbors uh, and encouraging you and equipping you uh, to be able to engage your neighbors um, just by being a good neighbor but then also encouraging them uh, in their faith walk of their own or toward 
a faith wall, <laughs> uh, or maybe it's uh, to come here, right? So these are the three things. You'll hear plenty more about this in the weeks to come. That took longer than I thought. All right, folks, let's pray and get into this. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. Uh, I thank you so much for this church, uh, for the many, many servants that make up South Run Baptist Church. It is a true honor to be a part of this body of believers. It is a gift to my life, and I know it is a gift to so many others. God, our prayer this morning, though, is that you enter this place, that you be here with us, that your Holy Spirit come and dwell in our hearts, and that you whisper the words we need to hear this morning straight to those hearts. I pray that you change us, and as we sang, make us more like Jesus. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Galatians 6, 6 to 10. If you will, I've got too many things up here. <clears throat> Go ahead and open up to uh, Galatians 6. We, um, I want to start with a confession of error here. Um, and I'm going to blame it on the ESV. Uh, I actually think verse 6, they, they've got the paragraph break uh, between 5 and 6, which is why I did what I did, which is break up my sermon the way I did. I actually think verse 6 goes with what happened before. So I'm not really going to spend much time on this, this first verse, verse 6. Uh, it simply says, let the one who has taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches there's actually a really interesting lesson in there. Uh, I think it has everything to do with bearing burdens together. Uh, in this case, um, that was last week's sermon, so we're going to keep moving forward. Um, and then it goes on. And Paul says this. He says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Today I want to talk about our, uh, our habits our habits. Um, I found a wonderful quote uh, by a man named uh, Bishop John Beckwith. Uh, he wrote it back in 1885, and it's still true. It was true back then. It's true today, and it's going to be true, uh, you know, 200 years from now as well. And he says this. He's no doubt, actually, like using Galatians, like Galatians 6 just has to be in his mind as he's saying these things. He says, plant a thought and you reap a word. Plant a word, and you reap an action. Plant an action, and you reap a habit. Plant a habit, and you reap a character. Plant a character, and reap a destiny. Our lives are made up of many, 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 many small decisions. The smallest of them he has here as just a simple thought, right? That's where it begins, the smallest little thought. And then that 
finds its way growing uh, into a word and into an, an actual action, and actions turn into habits, and habits, they turn into our character, who we really are, which turns into our life, right? Uh, there's a gentleman that I quite like. His name is James Clear. Uh, he's got a book called Atomic Habits. I had the pleasure of hearing him talk this, uh, just a few days ago. I, I got to go to a leadership conference uh, uh, at Willow Creek uh, called the Global Leadership Summit. Really enjoyable. Uh, I actually already planned to go next year because it was so good. Um, but, so he spoke, uh, gave uh, the first talk of Friday morning, and he talked about his book. Uh, and the book is, is, a, is a book called Atomic Habits and highly recommend it to everybody, uh, but it's, uh, I will say it's not uh, Christian uh, in nature, but it's filled with wisdom. And in it, his whole premise is that uh, basically every decision you make in this life is a vote for who you want to be, right? Every decision is a vote for your character. And so his whole thing is that you, every day, want to become 1% better. Atomic is small here. It's a, it's, a, it's a small habit you want to take on and better, right? Uh, and as this increases, uh, you'll see that over time, the trajectory of these decisions creates habits, which creates character, right? Paul says it more simply. He says, you, you reap what you sow, right? You reap what you sow. Galatians 6, 7 to 10, in a nutshell. I want to talk this morning about reaping and sowing, uh, and I think there are four uh, laws of sowing and reaping that we're going to walk through. And so I'll just simply read them, uh, and then we'll go one by one through them. If you want tomatoes, don't plant watermelon seeds. That's number one. You reap what you sow, right? Number two is tend the soil. The environment that you find yourself in, it matters deeply. Number three is growth takes time. <laughs> Slow down, right? And number four, you actually read more than you sow. All right, with these in mind, let's go through them one by one here. Today we are indeed talking about habits, we're talking about character, and we're talking about the trajectory of your life. <clears throat> Galatians 5, I think, gives us two nice lists of what this looks like. If you just turn back a page, uh, at the very end of chapter 5, we have what? We have the fruit of the Spirit. And then before that, we had a vice list, is what it's sometimes called, right? The things that we should not be doing. We could say they are the fruit of the flesh, right? Because this is what Paul is trying to get us to think about. The fruit of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. Important point right up front about these two lists. They are not the thing you are sowing. And maybe I should start there. You know that to sowing and re sowing is the seed you put in the ground, right? So kids, in case you... Like, don't know how that works, but uh, the, uh, you sow seeds into the ground, you put those in the ground, and then uh, up shoots a plant, right, which then grows, and then uh, a while later, it starts to bear fruit, uh, and that's called fruit, right? And then you reap the fruit. So you sow, and then you reap, right? So when he gives us these two lists, 
the fruit of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. What he's not giving us are the seeds we're planting down in, right? We're not saying to you, go love, right? Go be joyful, as if that's like something you can just put in the ground. No, these are the fruit of your life's decisions, right? What am I sowing to? Am I sowing to the flesh? Am I sowing to the spirit? And based on what you are sowing down there, you then see a plant shoot up, and you see produce forming on it, and then you look at it and you say, oh, I just built a love plant (laughs) Uh, or a joy plant, and I'm ready to pick the fruit of joy, right? Are we with, uh, you understand what I'm saying, right? So those things, these lists here, uh, these are the fruit of your life, which is important because uh, as we're talking today, if we want to grow tomatoes, we don't plant watermelon seeds. And so if we want to grow love or joy or peace or patience or kindness, we don't plant the wrong seeds, right? And so what we find here in Galatians 6, verses 7 and 8, is a principle that applies throughout our life. Things spiritual, yes, for certain, but also just laws of how life works. And so let's read it again, starting in verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life, right? And so what is Paul saying? There are ways in which we can sow seeds to the flesh that ultimately produce all kinds of fruit, and those fruit lead to corruption, right? And then there are other things we can do in life, decisions we can make that we sow to the Spirit. And those things produce a really nice list of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, etc. And that is a fruit that produces eternal life. Now, I was going to bring up here a book that I had uh, uh, picked up uh, while I was at the conference but it's got to be sitting somewhere in my office or somewhere out there. It's by a guy named Craig Greshel, or Groeschel, excuse me. Uh, he spoke at the conference as well, and it just so happened in this book, he has three whole chapters on sowing and reaping. And so in it, he gives this lovely quote uh, that I was going to read to you, and now I'll just, off the top of my head, basically say what he said, which is, uh, we often think in life, we can just walk through and, and we think we can maybe trick God, we at least try to trick ourselves, and say, oh, I'm going to sow this one thing, right? And then I'm going to reap another thing. And Groeschel and Paul say, no, that's not how it works, Right? If you are constantly sowing negativity and you are sowing a sense of complaining and, and everywhere you show up in the world, uh, you are the person who's bringing everyone else down and then your friends start to walk away, Groeschel says, uh, don't be surprised, right? You have sown a certain kind of seed and the fruit of that is that your friends may not want to hang out with you anymore. 
Or he gives another example and he says, uh, the guy who in his 20s uh, says, uh, yeah, I'm going to eat whatever I want. And he, he opens up uh, a bag of Doritos and he's just constantly going at it, right? And then he says, well, on Fridays, uh, I'm going to drink, this is uh, Groeschel's example here, uh, I'm going to drink a six-pack because it's Friday. And then on Saturday, another one because... Well, it's Saturday, and, and then on Sunday, maybe another one, <laughs> and uh, because, well, it's the end of the week, right? And then he gets to his 40s, uh, and he is, you know, uh, 50 pounds overweight, and then he gets to his 50s, and he has cirrhosis of the liver, and then he looks back, and he says, God, why are you doing this to me, right? And Groeschel says, God's not doing that to you. You are reaping what you have sown, right? It's the laws of reaping and sowing, there is no way to get around this. It may seem like you're able to reap this one thing and sow this other thing of goodness. Reap or sow, or sorry, sow something that is negativity or, or, or uh, we'll just call it the flesh and reap a life of reward, right? But at some point, at some point, that catches up to you. All right, the second thing is that uh, the right conditions for growth are necessary uh, if we are going uh, to do this well. We need to tend the soil because your environment matters. Jesus tells a parable in Mark 4 that goes like this. A man, it's actually God, uh, goes around and he's, he's spreading seed throughout the world, right? And He's on a path, and he spreads the seed on the path. And the seed uh, is on this hard path that can't make it down into the soil. And what happens? Birds come along, and they, they pluck it up, right? And then the second thing, he, he's sowing it, and some of it falls on rocky soil. But there's actually a little bit of soil. So it takes root, and then it shoots up immediately, and it looks like, oh, cool, uh, the seed has worked until it doesn't because it's too shallow and, and then the sun comes out and it, it scorches it and it all burns up, right? And then he tells that there's a, a third kind of uh, soil, there's this, this seed that falls among the thorns. And those thorns, uh, you can imagine like a field of weeds uh, and the weeds are just crowding this thing out and it's trying to grow up, only it's, all those weeds are taking the resources from it and eventually it's choked out and it dies, and then lastly, the seed is thrown on what is good soil. And so in Mark 4, 8, Jesus says, still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, it grew, and it produ produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times, right? And the principle is a simple one. If you're trying to instill a habit in your life, the environment in which you're doing it matters tremendously. And so a, uh, a trivial, which is actually not so trivial, is let's say you're trying to run. Uh, you, you say to yourself, you know what, I want to I, I add this habit of running into my life. And I'm going to wake up at 3 a.m. every day. And I am going to, I'm going to become a runner uh, because that's, that's my prime time, 3 a.m. 3 a.m. shows up. And what do you do? 
snooze, <laughs> right? It's a terrible environment in which, to, I mean, at least for me, maybe there's actually, Dave, where's Dave Huyell? He, he's probably uh, running at 3 a.m. Uh, so, somebody might be, but not me. I'm hitting not just snooze, I'm hitting off, and then the next day, never doing that again. Or let's say you don't have any running shoes in your house, and all you've got uh, are dress shoes, right? That's not the right environment within which to start running. You need some running shoes, right? You need something that is going to get you to where you want to be. You've got to create the environment you want uh, in order to uh, create the habit that you desire. The same could be said, though, of these spiritual habits that uh, Paul mentions at the end of Galatians 5 and love, and joy, and peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and gentleness, and faithfulness, and self-control, like all of these things. He's given us a list here of things to aim at, if you haven't noticed yet, right? Things to aim at. And right now, it is worth saying to yourself, of this panoply of, uh, of fruits of the Spirit, what, pro- what am I not producing, right? This is what I want you to be thinking about you know, for the next 10 minutes here. What am I not producing? What tree is not growing in my own life? And so I'll just take one as an example. Patience is on this list, and maybe that's yours today. Patience. Well, if you want to be a patient person, the traffic of D.C. is going to be a struggle, right? It also might be an opportunity, however, It's not impossible to make it through traffic without being impatient. You just have to ask yourself what's required. Part of what's required is adding some margin to your life, right? So you're not rushing out the door two minutes late or 10 minutes late uh, and trying to get through traffic and realizing I'm not going to get there on time and then suddenly you're honking at this person next to you. It's building in some margin in your life that you can do it with ease. And when that guy speeds past you on the right side and just about clips off your uh, rear view mirror, you're okay. You're patient, right? You've created an environment within which to make that even possible. On my screen uh, in my office that I don't really use as a screen, I use it as a bulletin board to put sticky notes. <laughs> uh, one of my sticky notes, one of the many ones, says, uh, you have time to take a walk, right? You have time to take a walk. I put that there about a year ago uh, because I was not patient enough. I was always in a hurry, at least with myself, somewhere like inside of me. And at some point I said, I need to slow down. I, this is going to, I'm going to be okay if I take 15 minutes and go out to these beautiful grounds over here and take a lap and come on back. I've got time for that, right? Pretty sure you do too, whether you realize it or not, right? And by incorporating these kinds of habits into your life, you might build that fruit of patience. All right, the third is that growth takes time. Growth takes time. In Galatians 6, 9 to 10, the rest of our passage, Paul says, let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season. This is the key part here. He really leans into this metaphor. In due season, we will reap if we don't give up. 
So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. How many of us have started a New Year's resolution only to see it fade within days, right? We all have. It takes time. New habits take time. And so if you're taking on something in your life and you're saying to yourself, like, I'm planting this seed, uh, trying to grow a patience tree uh, in my life, and then you wake up the next morning and you're like, all right, patience is here, right? It's not how life works. Growth takes time. It, there's literally some retraining that's happening in your brain, like at a physical level. New actual ruts are having to be put into your brain itself to retrain your brain. That takes time. So give yourself some patience as you're trying to develop patience. <laughs> I realize that's tough. <clears throat> All right. The fourth. I brought props with me. I've forgotten them. Uh, this, this uh, was in my backyard as I was walking out. And uh, do you know the difference between this and those trees out there? Time. <laughs> Time is different. Maybe the environment too, actually. Because it was in a place where I didn't want it, and so uh, I was that bird that kind of plucked it up. But if I'd left it there for, I don't know, a few years, this would turn into one of those things. It takes time, right? This was my uh, environment uh, prop that I forgot to show you, but is actually where this was also in my backyard. Uh, it seems like it's a good until you turn it over. Ugh, I know, you can't eat these. Uh, it's rotten at the bottom. Uh, Betty, I'm, not gonna, I'm gonna need your help uh, telling me what I'm doing wrong, but the environment's wrong to grow good tomatoes, right? because every one of my tomatoes gets a rot on the bottom. Probably means uh, there's like a calcium deficiency in my soil, or maybe there's some kind of, uh, maybe I'm overwatering. The point is a simple one, which is that the environment needs to be right in order to grow even good tomatoes. I got the tree, it's just not producing the fruit I want it to produce. All right, the last point. You reap more than you sow. You reap more than you sow. Very simply put, if you know anything about finance, right, it's, it's this idea that if I invest now, well, if I just wait long enough, we watch that thing grow over time, right? So, uh, real-world example here, uh, if a 50-year-old invests $20 a day, at 65, he will have about $300,000. Not bad, okay? But if a 40-year-old invests $20 a day uh, and accounting for you know, uh, interest rates to, to rise, uh, at 65, this person will have a million dollars. Not bad. If a 20-year-old invests the same amount, $20 a day, same interest rate, at 65, this person will have $10 million, right? It's the law of compound interest. It's not that different with habits, friends, right? If we put these habits in place and then watch them grow over a lifetime, 
What we see is a 20-year-old who is in the Word every day, who is praying daily. We see a spiritual growth that is exponential, right? This is what we're trying to raise our kids to do. This is what we're trying to implement in our own lives as well. All right. If you don't like what you're reaping, change what you're sowing, right? If you don't like the harvest, you change the seed. And so right now, this morning, I want you to take a close look at your life and ask yourself, what am I reaping out of my life? I want you to take a look at that list from Galatians 5 and ask yourself, am I producing a life that includes things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And you might say, check, 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 not check, not check, 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 check. There might be a few of these that you're like, no, you know what? My, uh, my self-control is not, uh, not growing like I would want it to. Here's what I'd say. Mark this moment. Say to yourself, you know what? Today is going to be the day that I'm going to start watering this. I'm going to start producing the right environment to make this tree in my life grow, right? Maybe it's faithfulness. I'm going to try to grow the faithfulness tree within me. So you mark this moment and you tell someone about it and you say, you know what, this is, this is what I'm doing, right? And then you plan and create a system. Maybe you write down a few short sentence, uh, like a few sentence prayer that you memorize, you keep in your pocket. You start your day or you end your day or you do both with a faithfulness meditation. You find scripture related to faithfulness and you memorize that. You set alarms on your phone throughout the day to just remind you, all right, enter into a state of what it means to be a faithful person, right? Habits, mind you, they are those actions, but they're also thoughts. We have habitual thoughts, and we're trying to retrain those. We're trying to take on the mind of Christ. But habits don't stop there. They're also feelings, and they're emotions, and they're our hearts, right? We're trying to retrain that as well. So what do we do? We ask ourselves, all right, what do I need to grow in my life? And then every day, day in, day out, you plant the seed, and you plant the seed, and you plant the seed, and then you tend the soil around it, right? You take care of that environment in your life, and then finally, you give it time, because it's going to take time. And you don't give up early, and you keep going. You plant a thought, and you reap a word. You plant a word, and you reap an action. You plant an action, and you reap a habit. You plant a habit, and you reap a character. You plant a character, and you reap a destiny. Let's pray together. God, our Father in heaven, We know that we can do all of the we want, <clears throat> and even the tending and the gardening. God, we, we do not actually do the 
This tomato here is one that I did not grow. I created conditions that apparently weren't good enough to grow a tomato, but it grew something. But God, I know that you did it. God, you are the one who grows us. And so in this moment, as we reflect on our own lives, as we come to you and we ask you, God, what in my life needs new growth? Where do I need to be growing? God, come and whisper that word in our ear. And then meet us in that place. And begin to show us the fruit of new labor. May we tell a friend. May we surround ourselves with community who will encourage us and hold us accountable and remind us of that which you're trying to grow in us. And God, we give you thanks in advance because you are the God of the harvest and you desire that the harvest in our lives be one of the fruit of the Spirit that it be filled with love and joy and peace and patience, etc. Because, God, as we hand that fruit out to the world, a world that loves that kind of thing, that needs that kind of thing, God, in that fruit is its own seed. A seed that makes its way into the, the hearts of the people around us. And, God, that is, uh, that is how you spread your word into this world. God, we give you thanks now for the good things that you're doing in our lives and for the ways in which you are moving within us. And we ask this morning that you continue to do so. In Christ's name we pray, amen.